This is the Frog for Life podcast. I'm your host, Rob Berline. Today we bring you another episode in our alumni career series. We are joined by Terrence Hood, who is an assistant director in TCU's career services department. Terrence will go over how to create the perfect resume that stands out from the crowd and the resources that TC alumni have to further their career. And we are here again today with Terrence Hood. Terrence is the assistant director in TCU Center for Career and Professional Development. He works primarily with TCU's alumni and student athletes. And thank you so much for joining us today, Terrence. Rob, it's my pleasure to be here. Thanks for having me. Well, today I wanted to touch on writing a resume that resonates, uh, what you need to know, and and you know so much about resumes, working with alumni and student athletes, and and kind of regardless of where we are at our stage in life, we all need to be reminded of ways we can improve our resumes, and I know you have some great tips on what that looks like, so where should we start with with, uh, writing our resume? Well, Rob, Americans are changing jobs every four to five years in most cases, and Many Americans are working longer, so here's some tips I share with job seekers to make sure that their resumes are top-notch. So the first thing I like to always start with is there are two primary resume formats. The chronological resume format, which is used by most individuals, and this is where you start with the most recent jobs and then work backwards. Um, Employers are used to seeing it. It's highly preferred by many employers. The next format is called functional format, or the skills based resume and this is typically helpful for those changing industries or that have a gap in employment there are hybrids of those two but the chronological and the functional are the main resume formats i typically recommend having a master resume or a general resume which can be an archive of all of your experiences then target your resume according to the industry or the company you're applying for that way you avoid a one-size-fits-all approach all right. And if someone is a fairly recent grad and doesn't have a lot of work experience, uh, would education still be positioned at the top or should they still put any work or internship experience? That's a great question, Rob. Under their header, if they're an experienced professional or entry level, they could actually include a summary or a profile section uh, that might consist of who you are, what value you might bring that differentiates you from other applicants. And when creating your summary or profile, some key questions to ask yourself might be, what am I most proud of in my career? Which of my skills do I feel most confident in? And why am I applying to this specific job? It could also include relevant transferable skills and keywords from the job description. After your summary, I recommend the education section can be lifted as well. Um, If someone has been in the workforce for 10 years or more, education can go at the bottom of the resume and typically it stays there for the rest of your career. The longer it's been since you've graduated, it becomes less relevant than your experience. But if you do have some experience, which doesn't always have to be paid experience, employers do still care about those transferable skills. It's best to try to focus on what's most recent or what's most relevant in the last 10 or 15 years of your experience. Keep it to no more than two pages if you can. If you're a recent grad, try to go with one page for a targeted resume, but if you have relevant experience, two pages could be fine. Government resumes or CVs can be longer, and some other sections you might want to consider including on the resume are professional affiliations, skills, or even honors and awards. 
Okay, and if someone is changing careers, uh, let's talk a little bit about that functional resume in terms of the jobs they've held don't necessarily match the, the job they want. So it sounds like maybe a functional resume should be more preferred in those situations. Rob, that's correct. In most cases, the functional resume is a good start. Um, the best approach is to find those skills, as you mentioned, the skills you have which transfer to the new position. So start by investigating those core skills needed for the job you're seeking. Then consider how you've used those skills in the past. Focus the summary in your profile and experience description bullets only on the skills required for the new position. It's also best to kind of frame your experience for the job you seek rather than the job you held in the past. And there's also opportunity to highlight examples of relevant skills even on a cover letter as well. And if someone's gone for without a job for a period of time, um, that's known as an employment gap. How would somebody be able to explain that? Well, Rob, due to changes in the economy, gaps in employment aren't as taboo as they once were. On your resume, you can use years only, not months and years as an option. You can also reposition your dates closer to the job titles so they aren't the first thing people see if they're out, out to the right side of the resume. That's what they see first, but you can also reposition your dates, move them in closer to your actual job title so the dates aren't the first thing that they notice. Or they might consider omitting any short-term jobs. Since it's really case-by-case, Rob, I would recommend a lot of my schedule an appointment with me to work on this. Uh, further explanation might also come during the actual interview as well. Okay, and so for alumni, do you think they should still list their GPA on their resume? That's a great question. If you're a mid-level or senior experienced alumni professional, you don't need to include it on your resume anymore. The longer you are in the workforce, your experience becomes more relevant than your college GPA. But if you're a recent graduate, you should include it in the most cases only if it's a 3.0 or better. There are some recent grads who have listed their cumulative GPA and or their major GPA, again, if it's a 3.0 or better. And I know HR recruiters see a lot of resumes these days. Is it ever helpful to try to be kind of flashy and stand out with pictures or or graphic design elements? Another great question, Rob. In most cases, if people have these elements on their resume, it won't be easily scanned by an HR applicant tracking system, uh, which is also called an ATS. Especially if you have things like text boxes, it's not easily scanned by these applicant tracking systems. I always suggest keep it simple. Um, smaller companies may not even use an ATS, or if someone is applying for a graphic artist role or the job requires you to be creative, then that's fine to be creative with your format. I don't recommend pictures, text boxes on resumes, or, unless it's for some type of an acting role or something that requires more of a creative flair. If it's a large company, keep it simple so it scans properly. Try to avoid pre-made resume templates. Word whenever you can so it's easily readable. Um, In my mantra and resumes, Rob, visual appeal comes before content. So most people spend about seven seconds scanning a resume, um, but if it doesn't get past the applicant tracking system, an actual person may never even see it. Okay. And with resumes, how important is it to include keywords, and where can alumni find uh, what kind of keywords to use? Sure, Rob. Well, keywords are really critical for the applicant tracking system. Um, So when you apply for jobs, upload your resume, highlight the job description and anything in that job description you have done or can do 
should be in the application and the resume to get through that applicant tracking system. Your resume is the most important marketing document, and your goal or the purpose of the resume is to get that interview. Um, then I suggest alumni update the LinkedIn with similar information. Also, make it easy to read for your bullet points. Don't use any paragraphs. Start your bullets with action verbs. Quantify your bullets. For example, maybe design marketing strategy resulting in 20% increase in profits over six months. Or use terms like leading to or improved or enhanced. This gets the attention of recruiters. Also, there's a website called jobscan.co, and you can copy and paste your resume in one text box in the website and the job description in the other text box, and JobScan will show you what keywords are missing that you might want to include. Hmm. And so people look at these job descriptions for the keywords, but where do they put the keywords on the resume? Do they put it in the summary at the top, or do they put it um, by their experience? Well, Rob, keywords can be listed in a couple of places. Most important information or the keywords can go into a summary section or a profile section, or some may call it a summary of qualifications. That typically might go at the top of the resume. It's in bulleted descriptions um, with demonstrations, examples, qualifiable outcomes. And that's why I recommend in most cases. Okay. And you mentioned that it's important to quantify experiences and outcomes, but how do I create a quantifiable result statement if my job is not currently quantifiable? Well, Rob, you can use those hard metrics such as increased customer satisfaction by 30%, um, but many times these metrics are not even available. So instead, you could actually use a soft measure or what I call a qualitative measure. Um, for example, you might have something like noticeably increased staff morale, and that speaks to your contribution even though it's not attached to a number. Okay. And when in structuring the resume, do bullet points need complete sentences with periods or are standalone sentences okay? And Rob, I don't really suggest using complete sentences at all um, because this could lead to the look of a paragraph on your resume. You want to try to avoid paragraphs. You want to use paragraphs only on the cover letter mostly or perhaps a smaller three to five sentence paragraph in the summary, but bullets are highly recommended to increase that visual appeal. Also, no personal pronouns are suggested, so standalone bullets are fine with keywords on the resume. Okay. And if a recent grad or experienced professional is struggling to develop these types of accomplishment statements, what would you say to them? Well, to help with formulating those accomplishment statements, Rob, I suggest doing what I call mining for gold. And when, you have, when I mine for gold, when I meet with alumni, there are three key questions to ask about every position or every experience. Number one is what was going on? So in the company, in the department or industry, what was going on at the time? What were the circumstances around that opportunity? The second question to think about is why were you hired or why were you promoted? What problem did they hire you to solve or what goal did they hire you to attain? And then think about what were your specific performance expectations? And my third question to mine for gold in any experience is what problems did you encounter along the way and what did you do about them? So in other words, what cropped up unexpectedly? Uh, what might have prevented you from doing what you were hired to do. And these three questions, Rob, reveal what I call hidden context that can help further speak to your key contributions and not just your responsibilities. And start to document these stories and then consider using them on your resume or the cover letter or on LinkedIn or share them during job interviews as well. 
And what else can alumni do to stand out on their resumes for those uh, applicant tracking systems as you speak of? Yes, sir. Well, Rob, I do suggest um, some additional tips I would share are to convey to employees not only what you did, but how well you did it. The resume essentially is a summary of your key accomplishments and contributions. So try to avoid weaker action verbs like duties include, tasks include, responsible for, because these speak to your task and what you did, but use action verbs or what are also called power verbs like identify, execute, formulate, and include the purpose or why you did it, or the method, how you did it, or the result, what happened because of what you did. And this ends up being more impactful. Accomplishment statements, Rob, are written proof of the results and achievements from your past experience. Accomplishments can be comprised of positive impact in the job, community organization, military involvement, receiving recognition, special awards, promotions or commendations, or something that you improved or even made better. Okay. And before we get into how people can contact you, um, for those applicant tracking systems you spoke of, that might be a new term to, to a lot of people. What does that work? Do they just give out a grade to the recruiters or, or what does that, I mean, how can I, how can I format my resume and know that, I guess, how does the system work? Am I trying to achieve a score or how am I trying to stand out against other applicants? That's a great question, Rob. The applicant tracking system typically works um, after you apply to a position. They're designed to actually scan, sort, and rank your resume based on having keywords from that job description. So every company's ATS might be set up differently. But, um, for example, I recently Lockheed Martin, I was on a panel, and they actually said they got 25,000 resumes in one month for one job. So their applicant tracking system helps them to kind of filter out and weed out resumes that don't have some of the keywords. So it's kind of unfortunate, but the first goal of this system is to weed people out. So if you send the same resume to every position, it don't incorporate those keywords in your summary, in your cover letter, in your experience, you might not make it through. So the purpose is for them to sort, scan, and rank based on those who have those keywords. And then if you don't have those keywords, you might not even make it to a hiring manager's eye. So again, it's kind of designed to weed people out. Out of 25,000 resumes, how do you get down to 150? The applicant tracking system helps with that whole process. Okay. And if alumni wanted to schedule an appointment for a resume review with you, how would they do this? Yes, sir, Rob. So uh, there are several ways for alumni to make appointments. The first way is to go to our Handshake website at tcu.joinhandshake.com. This is also our Frog Jobs database, so it's Frog Jobs powered by Handshake. So once they go to tcu.joinhandshake.com, they'll click on the Career Center tab, click on the Appointments tab, then click Schedule New Appointment. They can also download the Handshake app or call our Career Center front desk at 817-257-2222. If they upload their resume to Handshake, they'll receive a resume review, typically within about five or so business days. Um, if they have a quick question, Rob, they can also use our quick question feature on our website, careers.tcu.edu forward slash alumni. Well, thank you so much, Terrence. That was very informative, and, and we look forward to alumni as they reach out to you and, and you help them further their career. It's been my pleasure, Rob. Thanks for having me. I appreciate your time. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Frog for Life podcast. 
If you or a friend or family member would like to get in touch with us to share your story, please contact us on social media on Twitter and Instagram at TCU Alumni. We look forward to sharing our next story of how TCU alumni are changing the world.